ahead of you, Steve, here. Happy early Mother's Day, Mom. This one's for you. Yeah, I saw. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Baki Taki. It's sibling week on the podcast. We've got not just one, but two siblings of mine, I guess three in total. Um, <laughs> Jeff and Catherine are here to talk about today's episode. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> so we're going to find out how this works. This is the first ever um, duo over Discord record. Um, we've already got uh, talking over people on Discord, and we're going to find out how that works. Um, but anyway, yeah, everybody's, thank- <laughs> everybody's hoping we're going to be like mouth. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, maybe we're not going to live up to that expectation. Now, just before you start, you restarted specifically to do that intro with a special hello. Mm-hmm. What, what was it? <laughs> I said, yai, yai sa hello. Um, that was me. Well, what does that be... mean? Well, it means he. Yeah, that's that's what um that's what Jake Avera was saying. Yai sa ho. Yai sa ho. So I said, yai oh. sa ho. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, that's. I'm sort of jumping ahead. We'll get we'll get to the pirate songs in a. In a there moment. were a lot of details in this to latch on to it's very true uh thank you for coming back on guys uh now i've sort of run out of um characters to cast for the baki cinematic universe but i had a fun question i wanted to ask both of you guys um because it's a duo episode which baki character would you say is most like um your other co-host so jeff which baki character best represents Catherine, and vice versa um I'm going outside of the gender box, I think. What What do you mean? I'm not like the one female character in this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if even if it has to be from this episode, it's a pretty rich selection. Uh, if I had to cast Catherine, I probably uh, I've seen her crush a phone book with, I mean, both of her hands, but it's pretty close to one hand. So I, I'd probably say Hanayama. That'd be mm. my my guess. Kaoru Hanayama's power had transcended that of the gods. All right, hmm. and Catherine? I'm just uh, quickly scanning to try and refresh my memory of all the characters from this episode. I'm going to have to say, uh, Jeff is like the old hotel man uh, <laughs> who just lets go of the scarf. And then gets shot out. Uh, Because I I don't think Jeff's uh, super combative, but I do think he would be part of the mafia. And and a successful hotel guy. I think that makes sense. I I think both of them took a trip to Europe and and ended up in a big... big, I do like to piss off the French. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, that was fun. Let's uh, dive into this episode. Um, so it's it's been a bit since either of you have been on. Um, if, I, I, don't, I don't think either of you have been on this season since Baki came to prison. Um, Catherine, do you want to lead things off with um, how the episode started for you? Okay, 
So we go through the the very intense opening, new theme song, love it. Uh, and then we start with an over-the-shoulder shot of some dude that we don't know yet. And then, what's his name? Is it Mr. Oliva? Oliva, yeah. He does a, he does a sit-up into frame and then just goes, oh, hey. Oh, hey. Did you change up your grip a little bit? <laughs> Almost like he's like a, like hosting a children's show. And then they start discussing the intricacies of whatever fight they're halfway through. Yes. So that that's the fun thing is this I, this part of the episode is a bit of a recap because um, they basically replay about a minute and a half from the previous episode um, where Oliver decides uh, that he's going to hold the uh, handkerchief less firmly and then Jay Guevara decides he's going to throw some hair into Oliver's eye and then and then we get back to where we left off last episode. Um, yeah, which is a few just... questions. Why? I... First of all, why are they in jail? <laughs> last night, last night was here. We were at the Rye Tide tournament, and so I know I... this is another show. <laughs> but why are they in jail, and why do they have to hold on to the handkerchief? Would you, I, would you believe that? Oh yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I haven't. I also. I've watched this once, but I haven't watched uh, the last previous episodes. <laughs> but if I can try and get it right, uh, Mr. Oliver lives in jail. So he just went home after the tournament, and that's why he's here. Jay Guevara, I believe, I don't know what he did to get into jail, but I think he just wanted to fight Mr. Oliver. Uh, and Baki kidnapped the president of the United States. <laughs> that is that is correct, although I will add that Jay Guevara kidnapped the president's family <laughs> to get it. Okay, there you go. The majority of the cast this season kidnapped the president or his family to go to jail to fight Mr. Oliver. Or uh, Mr. Oliver. Anyway. Well, that clears up some things. <laughs> yes. But, okay, so why why do they have to hold on to the cloth? That seemed to be not established why it was so important. Is that, was that just the rules of the fight? It did feel like a bait and switch where they sold you on, like, this crazy theme song where you're expecting people to fight, and then it's actually an anime about, like, intricate hanky holding. <laughs> it is a bit like that um so yeah so that is of course uh the classic 16th century game um lose or lose where if you hold if you lose control of the handkerchief you lose and you lose your honor um they decided to do that for no real reason um i think jay Guevara took off his his uh do rag um to use as a handkerchief and um yeah, I think they just thought it'd be fun, uh, is, is, the, is the main rationale for that. There's definitely a kind of immaturity behind how much we both want to win fights. Probably something we should have left behind along the way while growing up. They really made the right call in deciding essentially not to animate any of this sequence, because I think if there had been any motion in any of the shots, it would have been physically impossible to draw. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of the, the, the mechanics of lose or lose? Or... Well, because there's the part where they're not they're both not holding on to it, and they're supposed to be fighting. In every shot we see, they're not actually fighting each other. If like there's, I was trying to imagine it in my mind, and I couldn't even do it. I see, I see. You're talking about Gil, uh, Gilberto style. Lose or lose, Gilberto style. 
Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. Am I skipping ahead? Is that like a different segment of the fight? We'll get um, to Gilberto style. But even at the beginning, they're holding it explicitly with like a pinky and thumb. Yeah. Which is hard to hold on to if you're getting punched in the face. Everybody's got a plan to hold on to their handkerchief until they get punched in the face. Um, yeah. So, of course, um, at the end of the last episode, Oliver was being all cool, holding it with just his pinky and his thumb. This episode, Jay Guevara throws whoa, whoa, shit in his... being all cool <laughs> by holding it with a pinky and his thumb? I thought it was cool. I think that, um, well, I'm, I'm going to use the inverse uh, property law here, but um, Oliver explicitly says that holding it with your whole fist is not very cool. Clutching onto it that hard with both hands doesn't look too cool. So I would say that holding it with your pinky and thumb is quite cool. That um, makes sense. Catherine, can you be the tiebreaker here? Oh, yes, it's much, much cooler to hold less of the handkerchief. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, this episode begins, the momentum has changed a bit. Uh, Jay Guevara throws hair into Oliver's eye for, I believe, the eighth time in the anime. Um, at that point... Yeah, what is this? Is this this guy's thing? He, like, plucks out his hair and then, like, needles you with it? I feel like it's happened so often in Baki that it's just assumed to be a viable technique. It's like if you see someone walk around with hair, they're going to find some way to either stab you with it or perhaps puncture your eardrum. Yeah. <laughs> see, I had never seen that before, and it was it was a lot to take in when he like shot it through his eye. <laughs> I really did not see it coming. I guess, yeah, I guess we're we're a bit numb to it now. It's just like, oh, yeah, he's doing the hair thing. <laughs> but I guess, you know, for the first time, it is a bit surprising. Well, um, I went I went from just thinking, like, oh, that's weird. Like, it didn't hurt at all when he plucked it out of his face to, oh, no, why is it in his eye? <laughs> it happened so quickly. Oh, man. But Jay Guevara is able to capitalize on that, and he punches Oliver a few times, to the point that uh, Biscuit Oliver ends up holding on to the handkerchief with his whole fist. Uh, we know previously that this is not cool, so to sort of, you know, overcompensate, he suggests that they um, uh, do the remainder of the match Gilberto style. Uh, Before we go into Gilberto style, I, I want to <laughs> say that I, I was interested in Catherine's reaction on Maria's first line. <laughs> when she just says, <laughs> That isn't very cool. And I think that's the first time she shows up in the episode. I don't know if she even says a line. Like, they're fighting and then they just cut away to her. And I was like, if, I, I don't think I've ever been so confused <laughs> watching anything. Like, I was so surprised. So I really need a lot more context on what was her name, Maria. Maria, yeah. So why is she? Why is her bed in the <laughs> middle of this prison fight? And, and who is she? And how is she? It, how she is? <laughs> um, Jeff, did you want to answer that one, or I can? <laughs> I don't even remember, honestly. I I, I know she's she's uh, Mr. Oliver's wife. Girlfriend. Is that accurate? Girlfriend? Okay. And I I don't know how she got out here. I know oh, she you... lives at the prison with him, I think. 
Yes, so she lived in the prison, and uh, Mr. Oliver put the whole king-size bed on his back and walked out um, like Sisyphus, uh, and then threw the bed into the air and uh, gave his uh, girlfriend a good seat for the fight. And then everybody in the prison said how beautiful she is. I did really enjoy that, that like everyone seems to be fighting for her desire. So it's very... uh body positive of Baki. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I should be more clear. Everybody said how beautiful she is under threat of Mr. Alva strangling them to death. <laughs> then all 4,000 of us would be strangled to death. They are trying kind of to impress her with their fighting. Oh, or at least sure. Oliva is. <laughs> I, I agree. I think the fighters are trying to impress Maria. Or, or trying to sneak uh, <laughs> bad before we'll get to that, I guess. Let's not jump ahead. All right, Gilberto style. Jeff, can you tell me what this is? Yeah, well, apparently I'm. I am Gilberto, which uh, I. The doctor. I, I am Gilberto. Yeah. I think this is. I think this is one of the best narrator cutaways this season. I, I think. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of the narrator cutaways from the original season, which were kind of generally more wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this tells us the story of Gilberto, a uh, a rich man who happened to be the first uh, man to open a luxury hotel on a certain street in Paris. In Paris in 1947, he was the first person from outside France to build a giant luxury hotel along the Champs-Élysées. And this this kind of made him the talk of Europe, but the locals were not very happy about him. Uh, all of that information is completely worthless, um, because why we're being introduced to Gilberto is because he was also part of the mafia um, and did something the mafia didn't like, and they wanted to they wanted to kill him. Um, so instead of killing him, they brought him to an isolated location and had him play the handkerchief game with a buff guy six times his size when he was 70 years old, with the implication that whoever lost the handkerchief game would be gunned down by maybe like 15 guys with Tommy (laughs) guns surrounding him. Which raises the question, what was the point of making him play the game? Uh, And I I wonder if maybe he invented the game, and this was like some kind of cruel irony, uh, and that's why it's called Gilberto style. But anyway... That's that's what Gilberto style is, and if you if you haven't heard of it before, you are wrong. Everybody's heard of this at the prison. They're all very aware of Gilberto style. Baki instantly recognizes it. So Gilberto style, huh? I've heard of it, of course. That yeah. that was an that was an incredible uh, description. That also did not explain the part that makes it Gilberto style. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so Gilberto was too old to hold the handkerchief, so he couldn't. He didn't close his fist. And he, he wasn't allowed. He wasn't, he wasn't allowed. allowed. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to close his fist. In contrast to the young muscular challenger who was allowed to hold the handkerchief firmly, the weak seventy-year-old Gilberto could only lay it across his palm. In other words, the match was decided before it even began. Yeah, so you have to hold the handkerchief literally in the palm of your hand. Um, Catherine, I wanted to get your thoughts. How do you, th- what do you think was going through the minds of everybody during, uh, or specifically the, the 25 year old jacked guy who had to fight, uh, John Gilberto? Well, I mean, he seemed very into it. <laughs> like, 
Like, it, I don't know why. It, so he, they brought him there. He had to take all of his clothes off. Uh, and then, I, I like, I don't know if they show the actual fight. Oh, okay, I guess he gets, like, punched. But, yeah, it, it just seemed strange that he has this whole style named after him, but he pretty much just gave up. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't do a lot with um, with the name. The thing that I liked most about that whole thing was at the end they described it as like Gilberto's name lives on in this art style, like, <laughs> like it's his legacy that lives on beyond him. Um, Maybe that's why they did it. They they told him that this was going to be his legacy before they killed him, and then they just <laughs> spread it to embarrass him <laughs> in perpetuity. I, I also... enjoyed the little uh, film strip filter that they put over the flashback <laughs> it's film noir um trivia time do you guys think that uh john gilberto is a real person no I do not. all right yeah you're right well i don't know there's so much useless backstory for this guy like did we need to know that he had the first hotel in france or whatever like i thought he was based on a real guy couldn't even find anybody i also liked the slow motion shot of the gun approaching the sword <laughs> I don't know what that had to do with anything because I don't think he got into a sword fight or I, there was guns involved, but it was very long. It's it's the epitome of this. Like this anime takes no risks with its adaptation. Like I'm sure the original manga just had a panel with a gun and a sword in it. And they were like, how do we animate that? Let's just make them float towards each other. Like <laughs> Like they they they've done nothing to to make it a, a fit more in the medium. Any hoot. Um, all right. Well, that's that's Gilberto style. And just to recap, it is the idea that while you are playing the classic sixteenth century aristocrat game, lose or lose, you are not allowed to hold the handkerchief with your fingers. You must just place your hand underneath it, so that um, you should instantly lose. Um, it's a very uh, ballsy maneuver that Oliver decides to do. And then Jay Guevara also decides to play uh, Gilberto style. And I believe this is where you were saying, Catherine, that it's like physically impossible to animate this fight. Yeah, try to even, I think it's impossible to picture it in your mind. Like try to, try to construct that image of them beating each other up while somehow, I guess using the wind to keep this handkerchief balanced in their hands like i don't think it's i i can't picture it in my head it would certainly require a lot of teamwork <laughs> like whenever you move you'd have to hope your like opponent senses it in advance and moves like if you wound up for a punch they'd have to lean into it to keep well, we, do. we see the teamwork in action when the wind starts up and then oh. like team up <laughs> to make sure that it doesn't fly out of their hands. They're working together so the handkerchief doesn't fly away. When the music was playing during that scene, I think it was like, and then just showing two buff guys, not holding hands, but working in harmony. That's why the warden can't quit. (laughs) Just watch them guys play with handkerchiefs. It feels like I'm watching like an activity at summer camp, especially the vibe of just a bunch of guys. There's a big circle in a park, and everybody's just watching them hold a handkerchief. But 
Um, well, is this the part where they go to Baki and Baki's just like, this is stupid. <laughs> yes. Yep. This is a game for children. Give me a break. Aristocrats in the mafia. The only thing that kind of stuff's good for is showing off. I mean, come on. The truth is what these guys are really doing right now is just playing a silly little game with a handkerchief. It's a farce. I, I, I often can't tell if it's the author regretting things. Like, after writing so much about the handkerchief, he's just like, this is really stupid. Like, let's move on. Or if he created the whole thing just so it's one more thing that Baki's better than. Like, what, 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 what do you think was the, the point of having this if Baki was just going to shoot it down? Well, I, I don't know. Something to do with the president? Could be any reason. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's I've let's. Got, okay, Jeff. I I do have a, a, a answer for that, which is I think it's it's a way to give Maria some meta commentary that's different from Kozway, because uh, Kozway also thinks it's stupid, but she kind of comes at it from a, a position of, oh, you guys got got to stop this. Whereas Maria's like, this is just dumb. I'm I'm going home if you guys keep up this nonsense. But the better question is, what are you doing? I mean a grown man carrying on like this about a handkerchief? You call that dangerous? Manly? Ugh, ridiculous! That's a good point. Um, so on the topic of Maria, uh, our good friend um, Baki uh, gets bored of the fight and um, ends up snuggling into bed with um, Maria. Um, Catherine, can you just describe this scene? what it looks like, what's going on. Well, I like to imagine the sequence of events they didn't show on camera, which is where Baki like either sleepwalks over to Maria <laughs> or it walks all the way over to her bed and then falls asleep in boredom because we know that he fell asleep due to boredom, but he was standing on the other side of the prison when we last saw him being bored. <laughs> I, I feel like he had to walk over there awake and then maybe do like one of those yawn falls into the bed and then snuggles up. He gets pretty cozy with Maria. Almost like she's a big pillow or something. Uh, excuse me, young man. This is what I'm saying. They all sort of want her to think that they're cool. I mean, Baki is actively flirting with her at a few points during this conversation, I'd say. Maria, the bed's so soft, and you were so warm. And you smelled wonderful. Plus, you were so kind. He's in her bed! Yeah, I mean, that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, nobody tell Cozy. Oh, sorry. I was too bored from the fight. So I have this... When I was watching this, I was picturing like Kozue at her, maybe like she got a job as like a GPS operator. <laughs> and she's like trained in on this fight because the satellite moves in. And then she just sees Baki in bed with another woman. And she's like, no. Oh, I have so many questions about the GPS, but we'll get to that yeah. later. <laughs> Abruptly, we'll get to that later. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, yeah, so Baki falls asleep on Maria, um, which infuriates Oliver, of course. Um, 
But then Maria lets him have it. Lets her, lets him know that like, of course, Baki fell asleep. This is boring. This is stupid. Why don't we? Ju- why can't you just punch Jay Guevara? So that's what happens. That's what we get for the for the next segment of the fight. Um, although before Oliver can uh, convert his punches into anything, uh, Jay Guevara seizes the moment and he uh, almost is able to pull off his signature "stick my hair in your ear" trick. Um, Catherine, I know you were freaked out by his first hair trick. What about, did you like the second one? Well, this is what revealed to me that this is his like thing. Like he does this, like he's the hair guy that just ugh. Did, wasn't it, am I imagining this? Did we go? Did we see the inside of his ear? Like, did we have a shot that was in the ear and yeah. like? Yeah, piercing his eardrum. It's a very specific thing, right? Like he first he pierces the eardrum, then he Mm -hmm. slides another piece through to, I believe, destroy the cochlea. Yeah, which he 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 did before. He uses his hairs and then like he twists them around the cochlea and then pulls, and um, they got and then you lose your sense of balance. Um, You know what? It is creative. Like, Like if you gave me like a hundred years to come up with ways to fight people. I don't think I'd come up with ripping out my hairs and piercing various things with them. And that's that's why you're not number two. Um, however, uh, Jay Guevara is, of course, stopped by Wait, not num- the... number two what? Number two is the name of Jay Guevara. That's like his prison nickname. He's, he's Mr. Number Two. Oh, how would I have known that? <laughs> Because he was the second guy to kidnap the president? I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, so Jay Guevara uh, is able to stick the hair in uh, Oliver's ear. However, Oliver is able to stop him from twisting and losing his cochlea. And instead, Oliver slaps him in the chest, causing Jay Guevara to cartwheel through the air like um i don't know i don't even know how to describe it like a powerpoint transition whoa that was nuts you knocked him right into the wall jeff did you enjoy the uh did you enjoy oliver's hit there it was like watching uh, a Mission Impossible movie that suddenly cut to an animated portion drawn in Looney Tunes style <laughs> as, as like one of the guys went flying. Like it was it was so poorly done. It looked like a absolute it looked like it was being played for slapstick and just flying through the air in a cartwheel into the wall. Um, but I was happy because uh, it was better than them like grappling over a handkerchief. I see. You, you share Maria's opinion. Yes. After criticism from Maria and Baki. Did you guys like after the hit where um, the crowd starts going unchained, 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 and then they stop, well, this is, and then this, they start that going... That was my favorite part. <laughs> unchained, 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 unchained. Unchained, 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 these guys sure seem happy (laughs) it must have been like a dubbing thing or something yeah i don't know it might i feel like maybe a commercial break assuming they aired this somewhere that has commercials (laughs) but like it was was so unorganic (laughs) 
Yeah, so the, the 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 crowd was pretty excited that Oliver won, or once again they're scared that Oliver will strangle all four thousand of them. Big ups to Oliver there. Uh, were you guys surprised um, at that outcome? <laughs> I, I say like that's the real outcome. No. Uh, no, because they draw him the the biggest, <laughs> so I assumed he would win. Oh, you, that's because you haven't seen the earlier episodes when they deliberately introduced a bigger guy for Shade to beat up first. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was good when he threw him. Um, yeah. So this this is where we get the my very funny joke that I started the episode with. Jay Guevara, uh, he's not dead. And, in fact, he starts going, Yeah, I saw ho. Um, and then uh, it turns out that that is a, a little pirate song that he came up with um, I, I, in my opinion it feels like something that the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney would sing not something that any real pirate especially a pirate in the year 2000 would sing um, but what, what, oh I would I would love a balky animatronic ride like Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> I would pay so much money to go on that ride. <laughs> you just you just go on a log flume through the ride tie tournament. It's just, it's yeah. just repeatedly Muhammad Ali kicking Kyo Joe in the balls. Mm. <laughs> you just have like two static Im- two static animatronics that don't move, like rotating back and forth around a handkerchief connecting them. <laughs> the handkerchief does. Oh, and the wind is blowing. That would that would yeah. actually. The wind blows through the tunnel, but the handkerchief is made of plastic. So it's not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, literally, like, his song was like, Yeah, I saw ho, I'm gonna find some treasure, open a bottle of rum, (laughs) go on the open sea. Like, it's it's so generic. Yeah, I saw ho. Set a course for treasure. Yeah, I saw ho. Set the bottles of rum aside. Yaisaho. Burn the iron bright. I I honestly feel like Itagaki thought that, like, read a headline that, like, there were modern-day Somalian pirates and just never actually looked into what pirates meant nowadays. Um, but... Oh, wait, is he... Is he actually a pirate? Yes, and he swim and he sails around in a pirate ship. He's also the president of a country that's sort of like Cuba. What? <laughs> Do you know who Che Guevara is? No. He's a revolutionary leader of like South America, who this person is very vaguely based off of, but he also wasn't a pirate. So I don't know where the piracy comes from. <laughs> It, che Guevara or Jay Guevara feels like just a whole a whole bunch of ideas that came together to create a unique character that for some reason looks exactly like like if he wasn't named and looked like Che Guevara you could it would be a lot more of a you know defendable character. Um, <laughs> Is it similar to like the Muhammad Ali sort of thing? 
Muhammad Ali is definitely is definitely like this is just Muhammad Ali, but I changed his name. Che Guevara is like an an alternate universe fanfic of Che Guevara, where he's Japanese, a pirate, and um, thirty years younger. Um, Amazing. Yeah. One thing I wanted to say about his song is Mm -hmm. if you watch the dub it's so much better like the dub singer is like giving it his all and as he gets like further in the song it like crescendos and he does like a good job vocally performing it and also the whole thing is in Japanese not just the word heave um, <laughs> which leads me to believe I don't know why they decided to keep the heave translated into Japanese in the English dub wait is, is yaisaho Japanese? yeah yaisaho oh it's oh just heave like it gets translated as heave ho in the subtitles <laughs> If you're looking for a good song, go listen to the the Japanese one. All right, I'll make sure to play that. I totally believe it because, man, English Jay Guevara phones it in. Like it's it sounds yes. like he's like. <laughs> Which, to be fair, he did get slapped about fifty feet into a brick wall. So I get, I get why he he wasn't putting his all into the song. Um, yeah. So that 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 about leads into. Uh, we, we I think that's when we step away from the fight in the prison yard. Jay Guevara has come back. Yeah, put le- some dirt leads on his into it's generous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when the GPS shows up. So so Catherine, talk about the GPS for us. Okay, well, so we're in the middle of the pirate guy's redemption. They're fighting, and then suddenly the narrator just goes it happened all over the world. And then we're seeing a bunch of GPSs be inaccurate. <laughs> this says I'm in the ocean. Oh. Also, I didn't realize that one of the, that the guy driving, I, I want to say Baki's dad around was <laughs> George, George Bush. W. Bush. <laughs> well, that, that's because it's George H.W. Bush. But, oh, okay. Yeah, I it mean, makes still. way more sense that way. <laughs> so that was a good reveal later on in the episode. <laughs> and they really spell it out. That's uh, it. I do like that because in the in the Muhammad Ali episodes, I kept having to tell guests that that character you just watched was Muhammad Ali, but uh, not this episode. They make it very clear that this is current president of the United States, George <laughs> W. Bush. This is really what driving is like. For George Bush, president of the United States, the so-called land of the free, huh? Um, Jeff, do you want to, exp- do you remember what was going on with the GPS? The GPS is set up so that if uh, certain people move too fast, uh, it zooms in on them, I think. Does mm-hmm. that sound right? Um, so uh, Mr. Oliver punched uh, Jay Guevara so hard that uh, the worldwide GPS network elected to focus specifically on him uh which what what meant that for everybody else the gps was just less reliable huh the sea oh the 
It says we're driving through the forest. So yeah. moving into walls and, and that and kind of stuff. Was spy. this like set up in another episode that the GPS is like that? Like, why it, would they not show something linking the two it, events? So inexplicably, yes, we did talk about this for no reason five episodes ago. <laughs> that the world's GPS system is at all times monitoring three men. Uh, Jay Guevara, Biscuit Oliver, and Yujiro Hanma. And if any of them break out beyond a light jog, then uh, half of the world's GPS system will stop what it's doing and try and figure out where they're going. Um, and that How do is, they get the trackers on them? Um, they just follow them at all times. It's it's uh, like, they, just imagine like a guy, like they have a camera following That's not how you. GPS works. <laughs> well, that's not how your GPS works. Um, it's the, not how GPS works most of the time. But sometimes they do break beyond a light jog. You know what? That if it's is just, a really if good it's just point, people spying, If there's just people spying on you, what do they do? They walkie-talkie in, always oh, moving too quick. Like, people <laughs> seeing you doesn't measure speed. <laughs> yeah. Also, you, you raise a great point that, like, GPS satellites don't usually have cameras on them. Um, that like look at one little spot on the earth um, but that's how it, that's how GPS worked in the year uh, I'm going to guess 2004 whenever this was made uh, it was a different time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well it would have been earlier than that because it's storage HW Bush well I wanted to, to argue that Jeff I don't think it is <laughs> oh okay is this arc set you, you always said that the other ones were set in the 90s yes and but I meant like 99 I was being very, very confusing. Okay, so this might be... It looks a lot less like regular George Bush, but it could easily be regular George Bush. He's got that kind of like... Which one's the regular one? Endearing (laughs) smile. I like regular Bush, not the new Bush. Well, that throws off my whole read of the episode. I gotta go back and watch it again. Yeah, you're ready to talk about, like, the Gulf War. Um... So yeah, what is what is Bush and you? What are Bush and Yujiro up to? Uh, well, they're driving around. Um, they're driving around in uh, a security limo with a bunch of other security vehicles around them. Uh, plain cl- plain clothed security detail that look like look to me like they're wearing um, Secret Service outfits, but um, that's that's just me. Um, and they seem to be driving towards, uh, I guess, the president's mansion. Catherine, I'm going to go back to you again, because this is one of the... I, th- I think we'll all try and explain what's going on here, because I don't know if any of us can. Um, do you want me to explain the the blonde guy? Who... Yeah, yeah. What's going on with the blonde guy? Our, our good friend Chamomile Lesson. I feel like... Okay, so there's... Uh, like he has a flashback that essentially amounts to him standing over George Bush going, I'm more powerful than America. And also I run this Island. We are as powerful as America. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the main thing I remember. Oh, also just before that, there's a lot of shots of cars that they really broke out the 3d animation for. Like they really fancied it up for those cars. Well, they are the president's cars. Um, of course, of course, they're high tech. 
All right. Um, Jeff, do you want to, do you want to add anything to that? I think that was all accurate. Chamomile lesson did say that his Island nation is equal in strength to America. Yeah, I guess to tie it together, maybe to help Catherine's context, uh, Chamomile lesson is from the same Island as Che Guevara, uh, the pirate from the prison. Mm-hmm. That Tough. only complicates things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just all I want to say is Camomile Lesson is an amazing uh, name, and his accent is the f- best thing about this episode. <laughs> I said I'd keep you safe, but protecting someone whose intent is to commit suicide is outside the scope of my duties. Nobody move, or else I'll twist the president's spine 360 degrees. <laughs> it's so unplaceable. But it doesn't, it's not the same as Jay Guevara's at all. <laughs> Mr. President, you, you are under arrest. It's almost it. just like a schoolyard bully accent. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, just to color in his background, Catherine, so the last time we saw Camomile Lesson, he had been hired as a part of the President's Secret Service, then did a backflip behind the President and said, I could kill you anytime I want. I'm unstoppable. And also there's two there's two of me in every state in America and we could and we've infiltrated your nuclear power plants and airplanes and we can take them down if we need to. Um, so uh, and that which which signaled the, the beginning of the era of bare hands. Um in this episode though uh, George, it, it inexplicably it seems like after he did this he is still working as the president's secret service maybe because well, nobody think, could fire him but well I think the deal was he's like I'm gonna be like I am choosing to be on your secret service you can't stop me so that I'm always right next to you except mm. for this car ride yeah I gotta say George Bush took it took way too long to resolve this problem <laughs> like, like I get it like well, the can't why does george bush think that like he has offered to protect him like is that a deal they made well he is a part of the secret service so i guess that that's what i was trying to get at i don't understand he infiltrated the secret service to intimidate bush but apparently he's also very faithfully doing the job is i think what's happening there's a strong guy around (laughs) In which case, he's out. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. President, I didn't sign up to protect you from suicide. Um, yeah, so he's not even gonna try. <laughs> he's just like, no, sorry, I won't win. Nice knowing you. So can we can we set the scene quickly? Which is Camel Lesson is in a room on his own, looking out <laughs> at George Bush being driven in by Eugene. <laughs> Yujiro and Mr. Bush walk up the stairs, open the door, and we just switch camera angles, and somehow Bush has gotten to the far side of the room next to the window. Well, Lesson has now gotten to the door, and they're just standing there in like a, well, what's going to happen next kind of moment. Yeah, I thank you for bringing up the um, framing of this scene. They do just sort of teleport into, in through the door. Um, it appears that, from my understanding... As president of the United States, when you end your term, you get a free wish that Yujiro will do for you? At the end of your presidential term, you're allowed to make one final request. 
Um, that was that was my understanding. <laughs> and it's he's... different. It's different in the Japanese dub, but just as confusing. Okay, let um... me say what I got from the from the English one first. It yeah. seems like he got a free wish, and he asked Yujiro to, I guess, kill him. Uh, which means that Chamomile Lesson will have to stand in the middle of it, and then Yujiro will destroy Chamomile Lesson. That's that's Bush's plan. Uh, what 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 is it like in the dub? I don't remember. I remember one of them was this is your last favor as president, and one of them was this is your like presidential wish. <laughs> and so it doesn't really help. It both imply that Yujiro has deigned to grant the favor and or wish of a standing president but how many you get is debatable i'm guessing this is a favor to muhammad ali (laughs) (laughs) to muhammad ali's president (laughs) yeah like muhammad ali was a great american so he was like you know what i'll let the president tell me to do one thing even if it's kill him (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's um that's Bush's amazing plan. Uh, chamomile lesson, as you were saying, Catherine basically says, "I can't do shit. This guy's gonna kick this. I can't beat this guy. I, I, I turn down the offer." And he hates it as, as if like everyone should know, and it's just like like a fact. He's just like, "I will not. I will not do that. I can't because of this reason." Sorry, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> you old idiot. What I mean is, it's impossible for me to protect you if he decides to attack. He's more than capable of countering any move I make. He's that strong. There's nothing I can do. Um, <laughs> but Camille Lesson, honestly, even though he said that, he does have a trick up his sleeve, and he manages to do a flying jump kick into president current president of the united states george bush right in his chest so that he flies out the window so that um he can then protect uh you he can stop yujiro from going out the window um which i thought was very selfless of chamomile it's the only way to keep him safe <laughs> sorry mr president it's the only way Oh my god. Yeah. Well, speaking about teleporting. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, uh, big oopsie on uh, Chamomile's side. He turns around to stop Yujiro from going out the window, but it turns out Yujiro was already out the window and caught the president. Also, thank God he did, because Bush would have certainly died. They were not on the first floor of this house. Um, <laughs> this Another is where thing the... that would have been great to animate. Can you imagine having seen that sequence of him leaping out the window and catching him? I like to think he ran down the stairs and then ran out of the building and got there before the bush hit the ground. Oh, that would have been a great sequence. You're cutting back and forth to the stairs. (laughs) Oh, that would have been great. But that's basically where it ends, by the way. Like, Yujiro, who had said previously... You made a bad idea, Mr. President. Now I have to kill you. And the president, who came here to destroy Chamomile Lesson, uh, the scene ends with Yujiro holding the president, sticking his finger in his ear, and um, <laughs> and then just sort of going, 
I'd love to talk to your master, Che Guevara. Um, something that will never happen. Oh, also yep. did... So, once he caught the president out the window, did he then just, like, kill him? But I don't, I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't think he did. So that, um, that's, like, a valid question, though, because he looks dead. And do we see him again? You know what? This was the president's last wish. <laughs> Maybe this is, like, canon. Like, Yujiro just killed the president, but it was at the end of his term anyway, so nobody cared. Yeah. Oh, I have to look that up. Because I, I was reading, um, uh, I read the, the, I guess it would be right after this, the, the first chapter where Obama shows up in Baki, and that's a great chapter. No way. No every, way. Oh, every president's in it. Um, when Obama comes in, he has to swear allegiance to Yujiro, um, because every U.S. president has to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that season. I don't know if they'll animate it, to be honest. I feel like I feel like that might not make the cut. Um, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, is, is that the end of the episode? I, th- I think it is. I think we just... No, we flash back to... Uh, oh, you're right. I just didn't leave any notes. Yeah, just what, a second, how... looking at the sky, and then it ends. <laughs> so, doesn't doesn't help much. Did you guys watch Wait, someone the end? was looking at the sky? Yeah, we flash back to the prison, right? Yeah, yeah. Then, you're right. Oh, right. Jay's on oh, the I had a question about the prison, because we see it from a bird's eye view mm. a lot. Is it supposed to be... Like, I know the Pentagon isn't a prison, <laughs> but is it supposed to be like a buff Pentagon? <laughs> you are 100% on the money. This is the black Pentagon. Uh, you, what you're referring to as the Pentagon is really, I would describe it as the white Pentagon. Uh, but this is an equal, uh, equally important building in the U.S. government, uh, the black Pentagon, where they keep all of their 4,000 deadliest prisoners. <laughs> I, just as a listener of the podcast, I would like to point out, having watched the episode, the black Pentagon is also white. <laughs> like... Its walls are white. It's got. We some saw it on GPS it. camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, um, did did either of you guys watch the end credits? I think it's the not to color your opinion. I I do think it's the worst end credits of any Baki so far. I think no. it gives you more information than the other ones. Like it's it's very condensed. You see chains, like mm-hmm. prison chains. And then you see the three dudes that we saw in the fight. And that's... So those are our main dudes. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Very very condensed. And also super cheap. All right. Well, another another great episode. Um, Jeff and Catherine, what would you guys... What do you guys think of this episode? I think it was uh, pretty good. Uh, I do think... I almost wish I had been in Catherine's shoes because I think the best parts of this episode are the things that you don't have context for. Um, as a Baki episode, I would say it's very standard. Um, I like the parts with Camille Lessing because it was very fun. I thought the hanky fight was one of the worst gimmicks in the show so far. <laughs> um, but I did like seeing Mr. Second fly through the air cartwheeling. That's very fair. It was a wild ride. From start to finish. I think this is the most disoriented I've ever been in a Baki 
episode. Just, just all of the context. I had no context. But I do think it has my favorite moment that I have had watching Baki. It's just that cutaway to Maria. Like this <laughs> giant blob of a woman. A giant woman. A giant woman. And they animate her in a not humanly possible way on this mattress in the middle of a prison. And they just cut to her for a moment and then right back into the fight. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it, that's my favorite that's Baki at its best <laughs> oh my gosh and it's so it's so crazy that like like Kozue is not even in this season like Maria is the only ca- female character I would say I, I there might have I'll been take one Maria news. over Kozue <laughs> give me more Maria I love her <laughs> Uh, I'll have to check. I hope she comes back. I know. I know. Kozue is basically written out of the show from now on. But um, Maria, I haven't. I haven't looked into her character future. Hey, editor Steve here. Um, I wanted to look up Maria on the Baki Wiki, and I just had to share some of like. I'm so grateful for everybody who put stuff on the Baki Wiki, but um, let me just read a passage. All of us said that Maria is always tense and in a bad mood, although Baki gave her a good time and made her feel relaxed. In fact, not much is known about her. Maria is an extremely mysterious figure. This is in her personality section, by the way. Um, Also, the trivia section for Maria is just that she is possibly based on Carol Yeager, the fattest woman in the world. Um, Looking her up, I don't really see anything that implies this beyond the fact that they're both really big women. Um, Anyway, uh, also answering the fan question of the week, which prisoner do I think would be the best golfer? Um, I assume this is talking about the death row inmates, so I'm going to limit it to that. Um, I think if we go based off of their skills, I think Sikorsky with his incredible grip, I think he'd be able to get the form down pretty well. But um, I think personality-wise, because I don't see Sikorsky golfing, um, <laughs> I don't see Sikorsky doing anything than hanging like a bat in his room. Um, I, I think Dorian would be the, the most likely to just go golfing, have some fun, eat some candy. Um, so yeah, that, that, that'll be my answer for this week. Considering how, how difficult she is to get around, though, I don't know if she'll make too many appearances. Um, all right. Well, that was episode one of Tri Month, basically. Um, we've got I kept I kept thinking there were thirteen episodes of this season. There's only twelve. So there's only four more episodes left. Um each What's one of them Tri Month. <laughs> it's uh uh what is it? I'll, I'll explain it later. Um in a later podcast. Okay. <laughs> what? Um <laughs> Anyway, next week we've got we've got Are something you not, special. That's all the Vaki we've got to talky. I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Friday.